Welcome to Bible Insights with Wayne Conrad. God's Word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Today's topic, Encountering the Glory of God. Would you travel with me back a few hundred years? Many hundred years, in fact. To the days of the prophet Isaiah, when the king has died, He's a relatively good king. His name was Uzziah. And now that he has died, there will be transition of the kingdom. And always, the changing of the political guard can cause apprehension in the people, even God's people. Isaiah himself has been what we would call in our day the chaplain of the king's court. That is, he's a priest, prophet of God. And he also ministers God's word to the king who has been appointed underneath Yahweh, who is to guide the people, the Hebrews, under the covenant relationship that God had established with them at Mount Sinai. On this day, Isaiah repairs to the temple. Perhaps he has on his mind and even on his lips the words of Psalm 27 that had been written by David of old, Yahweh is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Yahweh is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? One thing I've asked of Yahweh, that I and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in Yahweh's house all the days of my life, to see Yahweh's beauty and to inquire in his temple. Perhaps you know that verse primarily with the words, the Lord. The Lord is my light and my salvation. And one thing I've asked of the Lord, that that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the Lord's house all the days of my life, to behold the Lord's beauty, Yahweh's beauty, and to inquire in his temple. Perhaps that's what was on Isaiah's mind. Perhaps that was the movement of his lips. But there he records for us in Isaiah 6 what happened. He says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. The Lord was sitting on a throne high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Now, the word Lord there is not the personal name of God, Yahweh. It is the name Master or Sovereign. I saw the Lord. I saw the Sovereign. In other words, He sees the true king of Israel. I saw the sovereign king sitting on a throne, high and lifted up. And his train, that's the robe of royalty, filled the temple. He sees his robe. And above him stood the seraphim. Each one had six wings. With two he covered his face. With two he covered his feet. With two he flew. And one called to another and said, Holy Holy, holy is Yahweh of armies. Holy, holy, holy is Yahweh of hosts. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. The whole earth is full of his glory. So Isaiah is saying he sees the glory of God on the throne. The foundations of the thresholds shook at the voice of him who called. That's the seraphim, the foundations of the temple shook, and the voice in the house 
was filled with smoke, the presence of God. Smoke filled the house. And then I said, Woe is me, for I'm undone. I'm undone because I'm a man of unclean lips. I dwell among a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, Yahweh of armies, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the thongs from off the altar. He touched my mouth with it, and he said, Behold, this has touched your lips, and your iniquity is taken away, and your sin forgiven. I want to stop there for just a moment. What is this action that's happening? Well, you understand this is in the days of the tabernacle, the days of the temple, of the sacrificial system, and of the priesthood. And possibly the reference here is to Leviticus 16, to that day of atonement which happened once a year when the high priest would atone for his sins, the sins of his household, and the sins of the nation. It's on that day that he would go into the Holy of Holies where the presence of God dwelt among the Ark of the Covenant. At any rate, Isaiah has encountered the glory of God. Let's, let's think about encountering the glory of God because sometimes we have mistaken ideas about what it means to encounter the glory of God. In fact, sometimes we can almost be trivial with it. And we treat it as if it's some kind of power manifestation in which we start receiving all kinds of blessings from God because nothing, you know, bad can touch us here in the presence of God. But, but what is the presence of God that Isaiah finds? What happens to him when he encounters the glory of God? Well, it's the same thing that happened to Moses. The same thing that happened to John the Apostle. When encountering the glory of God, they are struck, first of all, with the holiness of God. God's absolute purity, his absolute transcendence, that he is the creator God above all creation, that he is holy, he is pure, he is righteous, he is glorious, he is God. And in the presence of the holy sovereign majesty of heaven, Isaiah suddenly is stricken with his conscience, a consciousness of his sin, specifically the sin that comes to his mind and upon his lips is the sin of his own lips. This is what he says, behold, whoa, I am undone. For I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell among a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, Yahweh of armies. If you encounter the glory of God, let me assure you that you will be humbled in his presence. And one thing that will happen is that you will understand how unworthy you are to be there and you will be overwhelmed with the sense of his majesty and you will be stricken with the consciousness of your own impurity 
and of your own sin. Our unworthiness in humility is a true indicator that we've encountered the glory of God. Now, it's from this position of before the glory of God in a humble state of mind and conscious of his own sin and unworthiness, that he calls out for God, Woe is me! This is an indirect appeal. Woe is me! I'm undone! I'm a man of unclean lips. I dwell among a people of unclean lips, for mine eyes have seen the King, Yahweh of hosts. You see, in Isaiah, God sovereignly manifested his presence uncalled for, and unsolicited. He came there possibly to be comfort, to be comforted in the transition that was taking place in the kingdom. We're not sure, but we do know that on this day he was in the temple of the Lord, and he goes to the temple of the Lord to inquire of the Lord to see the beauty of God in his sanctuary, and he encounters the glory of God, uncalled for and unsolicited. But when he encounters the glory of God, it reveals his own sinfulness. And with that sense of sin, he calls out, I am undone. But God, in his grace, uses a seraphim. And one of the seraphim flew to me, having a live cold in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from off the altar. He touched my mouth with it, and he said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away. Your sin is forgiven. Leviticus 16, the atonement for the people of God. This is where the sacrifice has been made. The sacrifice has been completed. The sacrifice has been made. The blood has been applied to the altar, and the blood has been applied to the people of God, taking the tongs from off the altar and the coal and touching his lips was symbolic of what God has done in the forgiveness of the sins of his prophet and the sins of his people. And now, having come before the presence of God, having been stricken with his own consciousness of sin, and having been cleansed by the gracious power of God, he hears God's voice. And I heard the Lord's voice. I heard the sovereign saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? Now, when God speaks on a plane with someone, that someone is on the same level. Now, that's not angels and that's not man. That's God. So we hear God in the fullness of his being speaking a desire. Whom shall I send and who will go for us? The almighty God. Now Isaiah, freshly cleansed by the grace of God, calls out, here I am, send me. And he said, go and tell this people, you hear indeed, but don't understand. You see indeed, but don't perceive. Make the heart of this people fat. Make their eyes heavy and shut their eyes, lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears, understand with their heart and turn again and be healed. 
Now that's a strange commission, isn't it? Go and tell the people my words. But there are people who will not understand. And you are to speak these words. And in fact, they will not understand. And they do not proceed. But your proclaiming my word will bring about judgment upon them. Now, this is not the kind of commission we want. This is not what we want. We want God to give us commission. We go and tell the nations God's message, and all of a sudden we see thousands of people come to God. We see people healed and delivered. We see all of this great miraculous manifestation of God. But here, Isaiah is sent to proclaim a word that will not be received by the people. No wonder he called out, Lord, how long? <laughs> How long must I do this? And here's God's answer. Until cities are waste without inhabitant. Houses without man and land becomes utterly desolate. And Yahweh has removed men far away and the forsaken places are many within the land. If there is a tenth left in it, that also will in turn be consumed as a terebinth, and as an oak, whose stump remains when they're cut down, so the holy seed is its stock. Strange, but not so strange. You see, Isaiah is a prophet in a line of prophets that is proclaiming the judgment to Israel, that because they have broken the Mosaic covenant with God, that they will be sent away into the land. They will be sent away ultimately to Babylon, and the land will be destroyed with only a handful of people left and they, even they will be compromised. But God will remain and maintain for himself a remnant, a remnant of people of faith in the land of captivity who shall return and perhaps a remnant in the land itself. It's from this remnant that God refers to as a stump that the line of Jesse will continue. And that message is picked up for us in Isaiah 11, there shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from its roots shall bear fruit. And the spirit of Yahweh shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, of counsel and might, of knowledge and the fear of Yahweh, and his delight shall be in the fear of Yahweh. This is a prophecy about the coming of the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now that Isaiah's vision of the glory of God is about Jesus Christ is verified for us in John chapter 12. You see, what Isaiah saw is a theophany, a presence of God. But when he saw this theophany presence, he's actually seeing the pre-incarnate word. This is what John 12, 35 records. Jesus is speaking when he says to the people, yet a little while the light is with you. Walk while you have the light, that darkness doesn't overtake you. He who walks in the darkness doesn't know where he's going. While you have the light, believe in the light that you may become children of light. Jesus said these things, and he departed and hid himself among them. But though he had done so many signs before them, yet they didn't believe in him, that the word of Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled, which he spoke. Who, Lord, who has believed our report? To whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Isaiah 53, 1. 
For this cause they couldn't believe. For Isaiah said again in Isaiah 6.10, He has blinded their eyes and he has hardened their heart, lest they should see with their eyes and perceive with their heart and would turn and I would heal them. Isaiah said these things, John six, uh, John twelve forty one. Isaiah said these things when he saw his glory, and the glory, and spoke of him. Isaiah sixty one one. Nevertheless, when many of the rulers believed in him, because of the Pharisees, they didn't confess him, so that they wouldn't be put out of the synagogue, for they loved men's praises more than God's praises. You see what John is saying, Isaiah said these things when he saw the glory of Christ, the incarnate word made flesh. That's encountering the glory of God. If you want to see the glory of God, here's the place where it all begins for you and me. Behold God in the face of his incarnate son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And beholding him, believe in him. Believe in him with all your heart and you will see, experience the great glory of God that fills you with his presence now and you shall see his glory in that great day when he returns and the glory of the Lord shall fill the earth as the waters cover the sea. This has been Wayne Conrad with Bible Insights.